0: And Welcome back to the Petcash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. This is the 22nd episode of my series where I interview founders, investors, athletes, and the smartest people in sports. Today's guest was Patrick Olson, CEO and co-founder of Spideo, which is rapidly expanding its AI video camera slash software across the world. Patrick was previously a vice president at Ericsson and then Sony, where he helped pioneer Bluetooth technology. You'll really enjoy this episode as we discuss artificial intelligence, the evolution of sports cameras, in the ever growing sports tech industry. Let's dive in. Patrick, what's up, brother? I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to dive into this video, but. Have to take you back through memory lane a little bit here, talking with some of the executives on your team. And I use it basically every day, the the Bluetooth on my phones And I don't get how it works, but they're like Patrick was a pioneer in the space, did a bunch of cool stuff with it. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about that and um, wherever you want, want to go with the Bluetooth angle. But it's fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's correct. I started my career actually as uh, an engineer in, on the Bluetooth team. In back then was Ericsson. Uh, that was uh, one of the, the founding companies of, of Bluetooth. And I actually did my master thesis for one of my co-founders, uh, Erjan Johansson, who's now our chairman. And me and our CTO, who is also uh, Carl, who is also our uh, co-founder, we did the world's first smartwatch and this was in 1997 so this was a long time ago it was the world's first smartwatch with wireless connectivity, big graphical screen, you could check your emails and your calendar and stuff like that uh, on your your watch, and this was actually showcased on the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas in January 98, and Ericsson had like a big uh, show there uh, and they had a sponsorship with James Bond, so we had the queue and everyone in the uh, at the event there and they were you know showing off the watch and uh, the new mobile phones and stuff like that so that was a, a flying start for uh, uh, for a young engineer which I was back then
0: and something else you learned from that experience was hardware and it kind of stemmed from or there's a lot of correlation to how you've built Spidio then which we'll get into but you know, what did you learn from that and the difficulties of hardware and why that has been a major piece that you've outsourced in the current operation?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, the rest of my career, or not the rest of my career, but the following years after that was very much in consumer electronics. So I was at, uh, eventually at Sony Ericsson and Sony Mobile and Sony Corporation. And um, I was always a product person in software. That's what I've been doing my entire career. Uh, but of course, we also always did hardware, so I learned during those days how difficult, how expensive, how cumbersome all of this is. It's all about return rates, sourcing, quality, etc, etc. So when we set off to create Speedio, we, we basically had two designing principles in the beginning. Uh, one was that we're not going to be a hardware company. So, we're going to use off-the-shelf cameras um, and uh, make sure that we are a service and a software-oriented company. We do deliver the cameras, of course, as part of the Speedo product, but we don't build the actual cameras. We put them in like a mechanical rig and that becomes the Speedo camera system, as we call it. That was the, the one thing. And the other thing is that we decided not to do any local uh, hardware or local processing of the video, but everything should be in the cloud. Uh, So that's one thing that sets us apart from others in our business, is that there is no no installation of anything other than the camera at the customer's facility. So the video goes from the camera to the cloud, and then we have all our analysis processing, AI and stuff like that in the cloud. Free to use as much uh, computer power as we need, um, and we can scale globally, and uh, all deploy once, uh, get everyone on the same version, and all that stuff that comes with that.
0: Yeah, you know, the cloud. I'm not even going to try to understand that at this point. But I know that. I mean, I'm I'm happy for it. Google Drive and all this, AWS and all this stuff. But something else interesting. You and your co-founders, right? You have these cool. You're doing a lot of cool stuff at Sony Ericsson and all this. Where did it happen? When did it happen? When you're just like, hey. I think this idea for Spidio is really cool. Let's, you know, leave our current situation and let's go build this and jump into the world of entrepreneurship.
1: The idea came from Urian, then one of our co-founders. His son uh, was a really promising uh, high jumper and he came to Urian. This was probably 2011, something like that. And he said that uh, during practice, it's really difficult to get video of myself because in track and field, you often practice on your own. So that's when Orian got this idea. Maybe we can use off-the-shelf cameras and create something that automatically captures you when you're practicing uh, track and field. Mm -hmm. So on our free time there in the beginning, we actually worked on a track and field oriented platform and we we got some customers on that and and so on. But then we met um, an academy coach uh, from one of the top uh, soccer teams in, in Sweden. And he explained to us the whole process of capturing his trainings and matches on video, you know, hold the big high pod out to the field. Get the camera on top of that. Have a cameraman to man it. Make sure that the cameraman actually captures what you're interested in. Uh, it's raining. The The pot is swaying in the wind. The, the cameraman is Snapchatting because he's more interested in doing that than following the game <laughs> and so on. And then afterwards, get the whole thing back into the office, or actually put it into the car and drive all the way back mm-hmm. to into the office, get the video out of the camera and so on. and that's actually when we realized that okay, if we automate this process, then there is something here that we can do something with so that's uh, what uh, what sparked the whole idea and actually from personally for me, what made me leave was probably also that I had had many years at Sony. We had been in a. I I was in the core of the mobile phone, you know, revolution. If you put it like that, Mm -hmm. Uh, it was like happy days, and we were expanding, building cool products. Went from feature phones to Android phones, and we became Sony. I had to work with PlayStation and all sorts of things inside Sony. Was great fun, but after a while, it kind of stagnated. So then, this this uh, happened during at the end of that period, and was a good time to try to do something new and we're all everyone at Spideo all the co-founders and we're all very much product oriented people so we want to build great products and we come from the consumer side of things so we are very much about clean user experiences <laughs> highly packaged products and, and so on so it was um, a good time to to do something and uh we had a feeling that they're automating this process of capturing your trainings and matches that that was something that the world uh, would want to have, and it turns out that that really was true
0: <laughs> yeah well, when you go to make that jump, you know what is this I mean there's cameras involved there's business building involved there's even the legal stuff there's all this. Where do you even start like what do you pick? you're like we're going to build the camera first we're going to raise money first like you know what what does that look like because that's not it it looks bad you know where you are now looks simple but it's quite a complicated thing to piece it all together
1: actually it was a bit of a winding road as well we didn't actually we started with track and field and then we actually got to deal with this european swimming federation we we recorded all the swimming uh European championships uh, for four years so that was a little bit of a detour and we actually had a a customer as well that did skiing Uh, so we did a little bit of that in the beginning but then we started to get some traction in Sweden uh, with some uh, clubs uh, and then the league uh, and then actually we started to get the first universities in the U.S. as well. So then then all of a sudden it was clear that, okay, this field sports is what we should be doing. And that's by that time we had also developed our technology that we call virtual panorama, which is a technology that captures the whole field and then allows you to virtually pan, tilt, and zoom across that field. Uh, or alternative use an AI cameraman to move the virtual camera across the field. So so, the, And this, this was then in... Yeah, 2015, and so this was quite unique. Then there's more or less no one had done this at this point in time. So when you when you just showed people that they can move a virtual camera across the, the pitch, that was like mind blowing at that point in time. And then if you just allow them to draw an arrow on the grass as well under the players, it's like, yeah, it's like they, you can only see it on TV basically back then.
0: Well, it's cool because I kind of grew up alongside this technology where like where it began is when I began playing sports when I was younger in youth. And then you just saw it like up through my college career, like just keep getting better and better. And then now I'm sitting here going, wow, this stuff is amazing. It's wild how far it's come in 10, 15 years that I've been playing.
1: Did you ever use video at the university in the U.S.? or? Yeah, I went to Boston
0: University. To be honest, I have no clue what we used, but it was really cool. It might have been just based off some of the things you're saying, because in our gym, we would have three courts and we would separate into three sides sometimes in basketball. And it would like be able to capture all three at the same time, even though we were all on different courts. So I don't know, like it was up at the top of our gym. So I don't know what it was, to be honest. I just remember watching the film and yeah. the coaches yelling at me uh, <laughs> or or, you know, me getting buckets on a lot of my teammates. But Something I want to get into that's interesting, a lot of sports, uh, people listen to this, especially entrepreneurs or people looking to jump into it, You know, any advice you give to them, if they have a cool idea or a big idea, to just say, hey, let's go do it or go try it? First of all, I
1: think, uh, if possible, try it out. That, that's, uh, I, I think, uh, what I would say. Then another thing that I always think about is that focus on the product. That it's, if you build products that people would like to have then there will be something will come out of it. We're really uh, obsessed about the product and the packaging around the, the product at video. It's the core of what we do. One thing that I still do, actually, which I think is uh, it's a bit odd, but I, to, to some extent a bit fun as well, I actually read all the support mails. Uh, it's uh, I know that I, I'm going to have to stop doing that <laughs> after a while, but it takes me five minutes every day. But it's a really good way of keeping your finger on the pulse, you know, what people think about your product and uh, without the product, you, there is no business
0: I'm Sure, you guys have mostly good ones anyway. So that's not a problem. That's funny, because that's like a non scalable thing, which is people often talk about like, you got to do non scalable things. But you guys did and you've now a truly global company. You know, how did you go about scaling it? Because like you said, you're you and your co founders are more product based. But now this is like a true operation you have people from all over and now you're saying we want to be a global company
1: yeah yeah now i mean we have people mostly in europe and and north america but all over the world and i i think we 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 started out with a team first of all we started with product oriented people in the beginning so we i mean i was the one selling in the beginning um not optimal but that, that was no. the, the way it was. But the team that you have met, for example Delhi uh, in, in the US, he joined us really early um, and they were instrumental in establishing ourselves in the in the North American market, especially in the college uh, market in the beginning. And from that we have we've always, even though we're very focused on the product, we've always invested quite a lot in sales. Quite a lot of people in the company relatively to the total size has been in sales Uh, and that started quite early Um, and uh, i I think is i say you focus on the product but of course if you don't try to sell the product you're not going to create any business so you have to find the balance between between those two
0: between selling and uh and building a great product yeah that makes sense and then something off of this because a lot of people outside of sports or even technology don't really see it or they don't know about it. But there's really this wild race going on right now, and I call it the Big Five. You guys probably internally maybe call it something different, or I know sometimes you don't even say the names of these companies; you just say the colors of them. But but there's really Huddle, Vo, uh, you guys, Spideo, PlaySite, and then Pixelot, all competing, in, and they've all stemmed from different places different ideas what is making Spideo unique how are you guys creating a differentiating factor because it is a a very hot market with a lot of people buying for the for the size because it's a big market
1: we are slightly different compared to some of those in that group uh, in the sense that we started out actually with video analysis so capture and video video analysis Uh, and we added our automatic production capabilities along the way While, for example, Pixelot, as I understand it, started more with the automatic production. So we have a really, really strong video analysis, Mm -hmm. league exchange data uh, solution uh, that helps teams improve their game and improve their players and and so on. From that technology, we then added our automatic uh, production capability. So when I say automatic production, I basically mean automating the process of producing a game so that it's rich and entertaining to watch. It's not just about following the game. Uh, By now, everyone follows the game in a fairly okay way. Uh, It's about getting the graphics on top of it, the sponsors, the the video overlays, the commentary, and, and actually automatically producing the game in the right way during the different phases of the game. So before the game, during the first half, in the intermission, in the second half, and so on and so on, uh, so that you get the right experience there. So we're all about automating that whole you know, end-to-end uh, process. So this is something we added uh, uh, along the way. And since we're cloud-based, this is actually pretty cool. So at the facility, there is only the camera. So we do all of this in the cloud, which means that we can pull in the different data sources from different places to power this automatic uh, uh, production. But going back to what makes video unique, I think this combination of the two, one camera system installed at the facility, two different experiences, video analysis and automatic production, they can be used completely independently of each other because it's actually different people. The coach wants to do video analysis and other people in the club or at the school wants to do the automatic production, uh, or potentially it could be that the media company is actually doing the automatic production, but the coach wants to do video analysis. And they don't necessarily have to have any contact with each other. So we've have, we've have made uh, an effort to make sure that we keep these uh, separate. But two really clean, easy to use, highly packaged, but powerful uh, experiences uh, for those two types of user uh, basis that's really where i think speedo excels and then no local server so it's really easy to install just the cameras plug it into the internet and then you're basically done
0: how fun is it to to be competing in this and to have you know people to chase or or to be chased
1: (laughs) it's a race (laughs) so it's great when you win uh and when you don't then you have to find energy in in uh in that and try to improve and win the next time but it, it's also we're lucky enough to be in a in a very green field market i mean we would, as as an industry we have just scratched the surface as of now and it's mainly soccer football uh, but i mean every sport will be touched by this from our kids playing to the premier league Uh, in every sport so every sport every game that is played in the future will be available online and it's the automatic production that will enable that and everyone in sports wants to do video analysis everyone that does sports wants to get better and the most fundamental way of getting better is to watch yourself on video and of course when a premier league team wants to do video analysis it's not the same as your kids but (laughs) the common thing is that you need to have the video Uh, And then you have different types of tools on on top of that, of course, depending on who you are. But we we try to cater for more or less that entire uh, uh, pyramid.
0: And something else that's been improving a lot over the years, and it's hot right now, is the artificial intelligence. Have you seen observations have you made of that advancement over the last couple of years and then how you guys have utilized it or are utilizing it?
1: yeah i mean absolutely that's uh, moving quite quick just during these few years that we've been doing this in our area it's gone from pure computer vision where you get a computer program to be able to recognize what it's looking uh, at to become much much more artificial intelligence uh, oriented Um, and uh, we're Primarily doing this to track the players, to position the camera in the right place, to create data from the games and so on. But I, I, I mean, now with with OpenAI and ChatGPT and so on coming, new types of managed AI that is coming, we're going to see we're going to automate the commentator. That that mm-hmm. is definitely going to happen. You actually you already see it in in FIFA on your PlayStation. But that's that's coming to to any game that is going to be played in the future. Uh, so th- this is I mean, the coming decade or even coming five years. It's, it's going Everything is going to be turned upside down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've played enough FIFA already, so I don't need to get an even better. Um, <laughs> but uh, are you using it at all in actual? Obviously, you're, it's within your cameras, I'm sure. Uh, just the machine learning probably a little bit more than the AI. But are you using it in business creation at all or like business assistance in terms of like probably more chat GPT?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, our team is using uh, GPT for several things, more as a an, as an, uh, support, as an assistant. Uh, and our developers are using uh, some of those tools as, as well. But I mean, we're just three months into it uh, mm-hmm. as a global community. So will it will change a lot, I think, during the coming years.
0: And something else that's nice with you have AI growing, obviously, name, image and likeness, NIL, on more of the American side growing, but it's really kind of having a, a scope across the world and to all ages of sports now. You said something on, you were on, first off, it was awesome, but you were on Sky News TV a few weeks ago, which you did a nice job on. But you just, you made a statement kind of talking about how sports tech is transforming the entire market now. And I was just kind of curious, because you didn't have a ton of time on, there was a shorter interview, you know, on what you really meant by that, and, and then how big you really think the sports tech market is
1: sports tech is now in every phase of how sports is produced and consumed and so i mean speedio is doing one thing but there are companies that are doing fan engagement there are companies doing automatic highlight reels and all sorts of different things but if you just look at the, the area that we are in we're the future is going to be much more efficient experiences, efficient consumption, and interactive consumption. Maybe I just want... Sometimes I want to sit back, watch a game from start to end, but often I just want to watch certain parts of the game. Uh, Or maybe I want to engage with the game, so I want to tap on a player, get some data around that player, uh, interact with that data, maybe do some drawings, become the coach, post my experiences on social, ask other people what they think about this, or just follow a player, follow my son who's playing. Tap on my son and the camera follows my son instead. You know, experience all the games in the league at the same time um, in a meshed-up experience Mm -hmm. where you see all the different games going on at the same time, but in a smart way, so you get to see the interesting parts. Or join the game at the end of the game, Mm -hmm. so you get the first part quickly summarized for you, and then watch the last 15 minutes of the game. Stuff like that. This will happen, but the interesting thing is that it's not possible to do unless you capture the entire field and you create data from the game. If you have a cameraman that follows just one player, then you don't know what's happening outside of that uh, that view. Uh, And the technology that we and others develop is to capture the whole field, create data from from the game, and then you can create experiences around that. And this is why I'm saying that sports tech is, in in this specific case, it's about how we produce and how we consume uh, sports. And I think this is going to create much more engaging experiences. And this is going to make sports more uh, available to people that maybe weren't uh, that interested in sports in, in the past. So that's why I also think that the value of the games will increase. All of a sudden, you will have more value in the rights. And it's about the top of the pyramid, but it's also about the middle of the pyramid, because yeah. those games at the middle of the pyramid, they were not able to be monetized before, because they were too expensive to produce. But all of a sudden, we can now produce a Premier League production for high school ice hockey in Minnesota, as I had as, as an example in the, the Sky News uh, interview. Yeah. And So it's pretty amazing, actually. Will look like as if it was a really top level uh, game, but it's it's not. It's in the middle of the pyramid, but it it, the 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 high fidelity of the the uh, the experience is there.
0: We're also seeing kind of the the connection or, or the combining of wearables, sports betting, like all the technology you've built at Spideo. How long or what's the lag effect before we see basically all of this reach use sports
1: video to some extent, of course, we, we, uh, we, our products are used by the top teams, but we're also very much about this mid segment, this technology, it's, it actually comes, the effect is, uh, is bigger in the mid part of the pyramid, mm. because here there is not so much money. So if we can deliver that rich experience, In the mid-segment, then the effect is really, really big. Because you can get this... I mean, if you go and watch an NBA game today, you can actually do some of these things. But the production is, like, really, really expensive. Millions of dollars, probably, I don't know. But it's going to be really, really expensive. We will be able to do the same thing for every game that is played. And this is this excites me quite a lot. That creating these fantastic experiences for every game—that that's uh, pretty cool, actually.
0: That's very cool. I mean, to have a high schooler or a club, you know, team have the same basically production value or or analysis of a professional team—that's awesome. But but Patrick, I like to keep these around thirty minutes, and so I want to kind of close it out on this last question, which I pretty much ask everyone. But, and you've touched on a lot of it, but are there any other sports trends that you see really developing over the next three to five years?
1: I would say that how AI will transform things will in in the coming years, that will definitely affect sports as well. This is going to be so accessible compared to how it is today. It will be in every product, in every experience that we, we uh, use. Uh, and it's going to come in the coming three to five years for sure.
0: Do you worry about, like, where it's going or AGI or any of that stuff at all?
1: I mean, not really. I, yeah. On a really fundamental level, there is going to be a question about what are, what, what are all the people going to do eventually, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. But it will take a while. But, I mean, it will all be for good, I think, uh, in, in the end. But it needs to be managed, obviously. There, it's, it's happening
0: it's exciting but uh yeah a lot to to be determined i guess here just tell us any initiatives you got going at spidio or any cool things you're building out currently and then where we can find uh, more information on spidio yourself uh, socials all that kind of stuff
1: yeah absolutely i mean we of course on our website you'll find everything about spidio next week we have a big event in the u.s uh for um uh, college sports and uh, and high school sports. So we want to get everyone uh, uh, signed up for that uh, on the 9th of March. Um, and uh, that will be all about data, video analysis, streaming, automatic capture for college sports, basically. Uh, so that we're really looking forward to uh, getting as many people onto that as possible so we can tell everyone about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, so everyone go go check that out. Um, and Patrick, appreciate you uh, coming on today. It's been awesome.